Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the SBC Newsroom. Take two, that's right. We actually just did. I'll, I'll say it. Why not? Why not let them behind the scenes here? We did the first 10 minutes of the show already. <laughs> I see the little button now that says live. Now it's true. We are actually live. Well, we're live to nobody, but this will be on. Uh, we have decided we're going to start tossing these newsrooms on the old SPC YouTube channel. We do, in fact, have a YouTube channel, a barely used YouTube channel. So if you're an audio listener and you want to see the lovely faces of myself and uh, this young Latino boy that we're uh, learning, uh, teaching to read via comics, Remzo Martinez. If you'd like to see our faces as we talk about things, you can do that, uh, at least on Fridays when we release these newsroom episodes. And today's newsroom, this week's newsroom, is our book of the month for September, where we're looking back at the previous month, picking our favorite book, or at least the book we, we'd like to talk about for whatever reason it may be. Uh, but before we do that, Remzo, a couple of news bits actually came out since last week. Um, Marvel MCU-related and you know we talked a lot about Hugh Jackman and uh, the and Deadpool and all that stuff, but they also announced a couple more things. Uh, one of them being that not only is Armor Wars no longer going to be a series, it'll now be a movie. But that movie is going to include a guy I like, a guy whose name I couldn't remember the first time we we did this, but who I now know is named Sam Rockwell. But I really like him. He's returning as Justin Hammer. Um, so I'm. What are your thoughts just on turning this into a movie? Because it could go either way. Um, uh, as Dan Smots and I have talked about on our Star Wars uh, show recaps, which we have not yet done for Andor due to scheduling conflicts, mostly on my end. Um, it seems like a lot of the problem with the Disney uh, shows is that it seems, definitely in the case of Boba Fett, 100% in the case of Obi-Wan, they were written as movies, could have possibly been decent movies, but were turned into shows. So in the readaption for shows, what would have been a 90 to two, 90 minute to two hour movie well, that's only like four episodes. So now this has to, we need to add four more hours to it. So it just adds a lot of filler and fluff and nonsense. So in my mind, I'm wondering maybe we can get a reverse thing with Armor Wars. Cause I think that's also been a problem with some of the Marvel shows is some of the pacing. So that's the, that's the positive I can see out of it. Plus I'll be honest, I've always been a, a fan of Don Cheadle as an actor and it's nice to see him actually be the lead in something. So I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think what this does show is that Disney Marvel is really concerned about how confident they are in these Disney Plus exclusive shows to actually carry an audience and keep an audience. And historically, Marvel Studios has not been successful in the television department. And we're not just talking shows that have occurred since Phase 3 Marvel, starting with WandaVision. Let's go back. They didn't really like uh, a lot of the behind the scenes involvement during the Netflix era. They have never, they didn't really like what they were doing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC. Uh, Runaway. Yeah, Runaways on Freeform, except my brother. Uh, Runaways on Freeform, uh, Inhumans. I mean, people don't even know what I'm saying when I say The Gifted on Fox. Should I pretend I didn't hear you tell me about it last time? Or should we? Yeah, so what is The Gifted? I've never seen it Yeah, The Gifted was an X-Men series, which was supposed to tie in to the Fox era of uh, X-Men back when they still 
were their own studio and it didn't get renewed after one season. It had no X-Men involvement, no characters. It was just X-Men adjacent and it sucked. And, um, you know, it still had some Marvel involvement in it. But all this to basically say the last three, four shows have not been, you know, these home runs that Marvel Disney has been expecting. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to, you know, save what they have. I mean, they they I don't think they are confident that they can continue the strides and the and the giant gains that they've had over a decade and a half of just uh, box office dominance because it's not converting into the television space, particularly the, sp- the streaming space. So I, uh, I think them trying to convert Armor Wars from a television show into a film is their attempt of trying to rehab their reputation a little bit, which I think might be necessary. Yeah. And um, I mean, I think so. It, it does seem like in some ways there's just been we're about to go into a phase where there's less of it finally. But for the last since WandaVision, there's been like almost too much MCU content, kind of the opposite of the problem that there was in the year or so previous, which is why I, I liked WandaVision anyway. But I probably liked it more than I would have if I had seen a year of MCU stuff prior to that. It was just I haven't seen any of this stuff. I haven't seen any of these characters in so long. Um, so maybe there's a little bit of a reining in on, they're not going to rein in the amount of content, but maybe on the fact that not everything needs to be a show. And maybe some of our ideas that we thought could be shows do make more sense as a movie. So I think it does at least show a little self-awareness. And hopefully hopefully the reasoning is, is storytelling based because I just think sometimes we're making an eight episode, six episode show of what, could be a 90 minute movie, a two hour movie, or sometimes it's the reverse. Like with Disney plus you're taking a two hour movie and turning it into a six or seven hour show. And that just, that just doesn't work. I mean, every episode of she Hulk, I think somebody looked at the balance sheets and knew we weren't going to get out of this with you ripping on she Hulk. Every episode is $25 million. Is that true? It's $25 million. Is this verifiable? Are you sure about this? Let's, I, let's, this isn't the Remzo fact. Let's, let's, let's go ahead and do it live. Let's How do it live. How much does it That's like cost what I imagine Game of Thrones numbers are. One episode of... Well, I mean, how much did it cost to make her twerk? She... 70, she says seven, She Hulk spent $75 million for three episodes. So that math does add up. That's just... That's a, a little bit... It's a little bit more than 25 Oh yeah, so so yeah, it's about twenty five million dollars. Hold on, so they're spending twenty five million an episode and still don't have good animation for the lead character of the episode. Doubt me again, and the series will get canceled. That angers me because I actually don't. I I didn't like the series in the beginning, just like you. It's grown on me a little bit, but even when I even the parts I like, the second I see that animation, it just pulls me right out. I I yeah. like when she's Jen more because then I can at least. I can stay in it, but as soon as I see She-Hulk, I'm gone. And I'm someone who's accepted Infinity Gauntlets, snapping out half the universe. I can accept a lot. Exactly. Giant purple monster men. Tree people. Exactly. I can accept I can accept anything in the context of of a universe. Trust me. But you gotta make it you gotta make me believe it. And the problem and and, at least in in some kind of reasonable way, whether it's storyline based or, or visual based, and look if this came out and I hadn't seen 10 years of the MCU producing better looking stuff, then I, maybe it wouldn't have the same effect. Hulk, the Hulk, Bruce Banner looks better in the same first episode than she does. It's like, it's weird. I don't understand it. 
but we're not here to talk about She-Hulk anymore. We're here to talk about our favorite books of the month of September. So you actually have a book I never heard of. Do you want to start with yours or should we go with mine? Do you, we each have physical books this month, which is impressive. So so this one I actually put away in, um, in my, in my little stash box, but, uh, mine is something I picked up while I was out in Maryland, uh, earlier in September, I went to my favorite comic book store of all time, third eye comics in Annapolis, Maryland, shout out to third eye. They go ahead and put on awesome con every year, which is a convention I attended every year until this year. But, uh, um, they, they tend to carry a lot of books that a lot of smaller comic shops, typically don't carry i'm pretty sure that third eye is the largest comic book shop on the east coast but um they had one as i was just going through perusing through a bunch of books to read while i was gonna be in town for a week this one caught my attention because it had two things i love it had monsters and it had a samurai on the cover and the title is uh blade in the dark essentially it's about a lone survivor of a clan of um warriors and his name is rook and basically rook has to fight through feudal japan to kill all these demon monsters that killed his family and if it doesn't sound very original especially for spc listeners it's because it's really not super original it's kind of like ronin by frank miller it is a lot like samurai jack in many ways but the art style is more of what I would call like a splattered ink style. It's not a manga. It's not drawn like a traditional comic book. It's really, it really feels like an art piece in many ways. And the whole book basically follows the monologues of the, and the inner dialogue of the main character Rook as he's going through Japan, as he's dealing with his pain of having to carry out vengeance on behalf of his clan. And as you go through the book, you're like, this is, um, this is high art. So it's by Black Caravan. They're, I, I've never heard of them before. They must be a new comic book uh, indie mm-hmm. publisher. But I picked it up. It was about four bucks. I don't know if it's a limited series. I don't know if they're going to continue doing it. But I, I know they don't have it at my local comic shop here in Milwaukee. So I'm probably either going to have to get it only digital or see if I can go ahead and purchase physical copies later and have them mailed to me. But I don't I don't give a lot of indie books um, chances on the stands unless I'm like really in the mood. But, you know, what, what I think really caught me of this one is one, it tapped into something I really love, which is monster genre stuff, which is samurai stuff. So when you combine that together, of course, I'm going to do it. But it's also a pretty good book for Halloween. Um, especially going with the Spooktober theme we've had on Wednesdays. If you want to see something that is more akin to the Keanu Reeves film, 47 Ronin, in which you've got that horror element tied to the action, this is really freaking good. So um, I don't know what more there is to say because there wasn't a lot that happened in the book. It's very, very artwork heavy. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm hooked. So I, I gotta, I gotta keep this going at least for the first story arc, if it's a continuing series, but um, now I feel like I have to go ahead and collect it. If it's limited, I, I have to, I have to see this through. So Mark yeah, play in the to... dark by black caravan comics. Are you going to do your usual thing and not acknowledge who wrote or, uh, or drew this? Or do you, do you have that information on here? Do I have to look it up? Oh, I, I have the information. It's by Morgan Quaid, uh, who wrote it, uh, Willie Roberts as the artist and Rich Woodall as the colorist, all, all people that I've 
frankly never heard of before. I mean, um, they, they had a few extra covers that went out for this. I went ahead and if you go online to previewsworld.com, I, I went ahead and got the generic cover. And, and that's another thing that does kind of surprise me because they came out with alternate covers for this first issue. One is black and white. And I think another one is a scene that they expanded from a panel that takes a lot of money to do. And a lot of comic book stores will not try and pick up alternate variant covers for books that are small, especially coming from what is essentially a no name publisher. So, you know, I, I took, I took kind of a, you know, you know, what, what, what the hell can I really lose from this? I'm bored. I want a comic book to read type of type of, uh, you know, decision-making process with this. And ultimately I don't regret it. It was, uh, you know, I, I grabbed some books that I was like, uh, like, you know, black Adam, I'll go ahead and pivot. If I, if, if blade in the dark is the book that I say is a book that you should probably read the first issue of to see if the story and the artwork is for you, then black Adam one through three from DC comics, uh, I went ahead and picked those up and read all three back to back. That is trash. I would think that they would have gotten better uh, story writers and better people to write the dialogue for Black Adam, which is a limited series. Is he still to... a hero in that in that series or an well, anti-hero? Not, or... I mean, he's an anti-hero, but like he's it, it's 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 shit. OK, I'll, I'll give you the rundown on Black Adam. Black Adam is dying. Well, I is, might give you a rundown on Black Adam with my uh, Dark Crisis report. So go oh, ahead with okay. yours. Well, I, I'm hoping that that's better than the series because I was really looking forward to seeing a standalone Black Adam series. And, and I think this actually takes place before Dark Crisis, Mark. So if you wanted to know where it is. The timelines are what is very confusing with it DC. Takes, All, it, we're still trying to figure out where Doomsday Clock fits in, but it's been acknowledged enough that we have to think it does fit in or did happen or something. It happened before dark before death metal. Uh, but anyway, this black Adam series takes place before dark crisis and it, it's just a uh, black Adam is dying. His human form is dying as well as his black Adam form that he turns into when he calls upon the wizard Shazam. And what he does is he finds a descendant of his, who's this young black teen going through medical school who talks like what white people think people from the Bronx talk like, and he turns him into black Adam. I'm sorry. He turns what, you him mean into, like this, like this, like talking like this way, over here, like I'm walking more, in. It's way more condescending. Add, 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 he's a zoomer, Mark. He's not even millennial. <laughs> I don't understand what he says, but uh, he turns he's walking him, here. So I'm black, Adam, here. black Adam turns his descendant, whose name I can't remember into white Adam. That's not a thing. That didn't happen. That happened. Remzo, are you writing for DC fan fiction again? I wish, because it would be if, Oh, Why couldn't he be white, Adam? Why not Puerto Rican, Adam? Why well, not Latin? He, no, no, Adam? he doesn't turn white. He's still a no, black I know, guy. I know, I know. His name know. is, okay, I thought, okay. <laughs> uh, but it's like, you know, it had the potential to be good, but it's just, it doesn't read well. The paneling is, is very rigid. The artwork is not up to par, I would think, for a, uh, for a limited series that they're really trying to push up for the black Adam movie, which I am excited for, which it comes out in a couple of weeks. And the story I said is before just, I'll watch the rock, read the encyclopedia. So, you know, yeah, stick like, him in a comic movie. I'm obviously going to see it. So if blame the dark was my pick of the month for something you have to read. Then, um, 
Black Adam issue three, which is part of, I think, his nine part limited series is absolute trash. Avoid it if you haven't read it so far. Don't do what I did and buy the first three issues that were out is just a waste of money. I'm probably going to end up flipping it. Uh, Yeah. So those are mine. All right. Well, do you want a quick Dark Crisis report? Do it. You don't care about spoilers on this, right? Nah. Okay. Well, I'm so... DC took so much of my money in 2020 with death metal. See, I, you, I you did the whole thing where you bought every tie in ever and spent probably your life savings. I bought the guidebooks. Yeah. I bought the spinoffs, the spinoffs. The only way to do DC books is to only do the do DC events is to stick to the main. If they reference another book, don't worry. The asterisk will tell you everything you need to know. And just like, otherwise you're going to feel, you're going to feel that like, like if you go out on a, on a you know a binge drinking night and you you have a dumb moment, you buy like everyone at the bar like ten drinks. You know the next day you look at that bill, bill you feel like shit. I'm not sure what this, this analogy it sounds kind of personal. <laughs> Something you want well, to talk about? Your tales from my twenties. Um, point being, when you do that, yes, there was a point. When you when you binge on these events, you, you're gonna you're gonna feel that hangover a lot more, and you're gonna feel that bill a lot more. But when you just get the main events, when you just have a drink or two, I guess is what I'm saying here, things are okay, even if it's not a great night. I you don't it, you don't regret it as much. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm reading the main book of Dark Crisis because I'm a D- DC events freak. But I stop. I I draw the line at tie-ins. I won't do it. I will not do it, even if it's Batman tie-in. Even if it's characters I like, won't do it. It's a principle. It's a line. It's the red line there. Um, but the biggest story about Dark Crisis is that they changed the name of the series on me in the middle of the series. They changed it. It's no longer called Dark Crisis. It's now called Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. It feels like such a fucking cop out. Which I wonder how this came to be because literally halfway through the, the series was just called dark crisis for issues one, two, and three. And then it suddenly became dark crisis on infinite earth. And it's not like there's something that changed in the story that would, that would make that make sense. It's almost like it wasn't selling as well. And they thought if we call it on infinite earths, more people will say, Oh, that's just, it's, it's the sequel to that story that we know that's famous. That's good. That, that SBC did a three-part series on that we loved. So of course we're going to go, you know, check this out. Um, that's, that's the only reason I, I just found it. I, Cause I did a double dig. I was like, Dark Chris and Infinite Earth. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Sorry, it's like, it's not called, is it called? What did they call it? Is this the right book? I was, I thought I had a, a spin-off or like a tie-in for a second. I was like, is this another book? And then I just looked at my other issues. Like, no, it was called Dark Crisis and issue three, issue four appears. And it just, they added Uninfinite Earth in there. They just snuck it in. They didn't announce it or anything. Um, I, I have mixed reviews on the series. It's not what I intended to talk about today. But anyway, Black Adam in that series, you know, he basically survives the thing where the whole Justice League dies. But he's also like, eh, whatever. We didn't really need them. Um, and also, we kind of know they're going to come back. That's the weird thing about this book. I, like, I don't, I don't dislike it. It has a lot of good moments. It has a lot of. There's a return, returns with some old characters, um, without giving that too too much away. In case you do end up reading it, there, there's stuff I like. There's moments I enjoy in the series. The problem is that it just doesn't have the gravity to it because a the Justice League dies in Justice League 75 by Dark Crisis number one. It's been made very clear they're all alive and just, you know, in some dream worlds or whatever because they're fueling some... I'm not going to get into it. It's too much. They're fueling the creation of new... infinite. Basically, I am going to get into it. Basically, Pariah's whole plan is if he can create enough Earths, eventually one of them will be... Not Earths, but eventually one of these new realities will be his original one that, that died in... In, in crisis on infinite earth that's so that's it. his plan that's his whole plan no that's how he thinks it works though um <laughs> but he's also pro- probably being controlled by the great darkness it's not exactly clear what clear what that even is because it's not even evil according to swamp things one and two okay maybe i don't darkness. like this series it's not dark side no dark side is just like a pawn in this He's just one of the dark army, which is all controlled by Pariah, which is all controlled by this force called the Great Darkness. All right, Pariah maybe this controls is... Dark Side. That sounds even dumber. <laughs> yes, Pariah, dude. Pariah controls an army that includes Dark Side, Doomsday, and like every powerful, the most powerful characters that have ever this existed. This is what in DC. this is what bothers me. This is what bo- does he? I hate when big time characters are made bit players. I hate it. I if that's where you're going with that. Um, with with Death Metal the whole point of that was that everything mattered. They're not going to do more of this shit and that there's finally going to be gravity to future stories. And all we have gotten since has been Thomas Wayne, Batman running around a parallel world. We got now Superman. You're referring to flashpoint beyond. I'm enjoying that a lot. I will. Yeah. But like that, that, if that's the best thing, if that's the best thing, then that really shows low standards for a lot of the other books. Because mm-hmm. that should be good. That should not be the best of the pack. And th- that and is a redemption. Gotten... That is like they're trying to redeem that character from what Tom King did to him. That is like that's the entire it's, that, it's that whole series. It the whole series is redemptional. It's trying to redeem Doomsday Clock and fit it back in. It's trying to redeem um, everything Tom King did to this character, Thomas Wayne. Um, it, it's it's clearly Jeff Johns and he Jeff John. I forget the name of the writer who's writing with Jeff Johns. Um, they're do and, and it's very well done. I'm really enjoying that a lot. But it's not my book of the month. But back to Dark Crisis for one second, and then I'll get to my real book of the month. Um, this isn't your so, book of the month? No, no. I didn't even intend to talk about it, but you, oh. you mentioned Black Adam. I feel and like I just, we're committed now. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I do, I do feel a little committed. Maybe it is. Um, no, but Black Adam. Trash of the month. Basically, Black Adam just goes back and rejoins the, uh, what are the bad guys? The Legion bad of called? Doom? 
Yeah, he rejoins the Legion oh, of Doom. Oh, don't, don't tell Dwayne Johnson that. But I don't know if it's a sw- it could be a double switcheroo. You know, it could be the whole, maybe at the end, I'll be like, oh, no, I rejoined the Legion of Doom just to, you know, help the Justice League who's supposed to be dead from the inside. But right now he's kind of playing it off like, I'm the baddest man alive because the Justice League just got wiped out and I'm still fucking here. So that so that's what's going on with Black Adam. That was all I, was, I came in to say, but it took 10 minutes. My actual book of the month that I actually did like the best of any book I read last month is this puppy right here, Batman number 127 by Chip Zdarsky, an incredible, awesome fucking art by Jorge Jimenez. I'm a writing guy. Like at the end of the day, you can have a beautiful book. If the story sucks, I'm not going to have much good to say about it. But I mean, in this case, like the, the art by Jorge Jimenez is so fucking great. And I have to give it out too. We don't often, uh, we don't often highlight the colorists here at SBC, but we should. Um, let's see. We got Tony More. Uh, as like, well, he's like a cover artist. Let's see. You know what? They just list a bunch of names. So I can't tell you who exactly did the coloring, but the color is awesome because this is where we really see in full effect. We see the Batman of Zurin R. Now you are caught up on this. Is that right? I have not picked up my physical copy by spoilers. Of- okay, I, I'm well, going to go pick up this week. I do. I know what happens. Okay, well, that's that's all that yeah. matters, I guess. Yeah, this is when we do do actually see Bruce essentially summon the Batman of Zurinar, which is in the Grant Morrison retcon world, just an aspect of of Batman's personality that he created as a failsafe for himself. Um, and because so this is a little bit convoluted, and it sounds it actually sounds dumb as shit when I say it out loud. But Chip Zdarsky has done it in a way that is actually comes across pretty cool to me. Originally, Zurinar Batman is, a, is a, some scientist from another planet that took on the moniker of Batman. This is a Silver Age wackadoo story. Grant Morrison, as he does, I think it's in Batman R.I.P., which I didn't read, yes. but I believe that's the story. Yeah, yep. brings the, the concept of this character back, but as a facet of Batman, as a as a part of Bruce Wayne's psyche that he created as sort of a failsafe when regular Batman can't get things done or something. Now, because... Because Batman of Zurinar is Batman's failsafe, Batman of Zurinar had to create a failsafe for the failsafe. <laughs> so Batman, we find out that the this robot, this Terminator robot that we met in the last issue that was activated, this robot was activated because Batman killed the Penguin. That didn't really happen. It did happen, and the world thinks that the Penguin was killed. I won't spoil the, the I doubt you spoiled yourself on the backup story, so I will not. But this is comic, so we can all pretty much assume Penguin didn't, didn't really die. But yeah. the world thinks Penguin was murdered by the Batman. This program thinks that Penguin was murdered by the Batman. And when the Batman takes a life, it activates the failsafe because Batman isn't a murderer. So failsafe had to be Smart activated. Core. So Batman has to conjure, basically, the Batman of Zurinar, which is they basically describe it as Batman without Bruce Wayne. It's almost like the Batman without the conscious um, per se. Um, so, but this all gets played out in the form of conversations with Tim Drake as they're battling the failsafe robot. Um, and I really just love the portrayal. I, I really, you can almost hear, and I got to give credit to who is the letter. I don't know. There's a lot of names here, <laughs> but whoever did the lettering, the, like the purple uh, lettering and the dialogue boxes of Batman of Zernar and the coloring of the costume uh, with the purple, the red, the yellow, it just looks so fucking cool. And I, I just really love how it's done. And it really, it really, you can hear the voice of a, a grittier, angrier Batman without with almost like, like it's supposed to be, you know, with, without the sort of moral, uh, the morality of Bruce it's Wayne Batman without Bruce It's Batman without Bruce, Batman without the morality, the, the emotions, the whatever, the, what have you of Bruce Wayne. 
Just look at the cover, Enzo. This cover's not that cool. I'm I'm looking forward to. It. I mean, Mark, That's I was good. really thinking about it. When was the last time I myself collected more than one issue of an ongoing Batman time. I'll tell you my last time about five years ago in the beginning of Tom King's run, which I really did enjoy in the beginning, but then things got weird. Thomas Wayne, Batman. I I collected, I collected a few, a few issues from that. I am suicide arc. But before that, I I read a little bit of Batman incorporated in 2013. Otherwise I haven't, read an ongoing Batman title month to month for more than a couple issues since Grant Morrison's Batman and Robin series. Uh, so, I mean, Donnie Cates is just kicking ass. It's why I'm, I, I have this on my uh, physical pull list at my local comic shop. I mean, him and Jimenez, I think he brought Jimenez over from daredevil. Um, and uh, now he has a new artist covering the same Donnie Cates daredevil over at Marvel. But I mean, this is, this is the most exciting Batman story in in a while other than the jeff johns three jokers from a couple years ago so for an ongoing title nonetheless i mean this is i'm not surprised this was your pick of the month it would have been mine if i had picked it up sooner but i mean this is people mark and i have not talked about this enough you've got to go try this out yeah absolutely and i this is the first series that i have received physical copies of in years on a regular basis and i it really has hearkened me back there's a couple benefits to you know obviously we know the feel the feel of the comics which i will say smell it this is how long it's been for me it's different nose in there it's different ramzo the paper it's different yeah it's different it's how old i am in the 90s it was that like newspaper paper or whatever and it was like i had like a certain feel to it and and a smell that all it's just comics, not there anymore. All comics now feel glossy. Yes. And it's not glossy yeah. paper per se, but it, it, yeah, it kind of feels glossy, but whatever. The art's fucking awesome. And the art just in, in a book, it just hits better than when it does on my Kindle. It just, when the art's really awesome. Like I love reading free comics. I, I love like reading on apps on the go, but for books I really am getting into, that's what I'm going to do. The physicals. If I, you know, if I really like it. So, so my physical books right now are, are this and, um, and do a power bomb, which as you know, I'm just a huge fan of. Um, but I, I look, I, Batman has long been, you know, Spider-Man was my first favorite, but I think Batman has always been my, like, if you, ha- if I had to pick one mainstream comic character to, you're going to take them all out of circulation. You're leaving one. It's going to be Batman. And I'm not going to hesitate on that answer, but what aspect I really loved about this series is how they tie this in. They start off by showing a scene. We've seen many times when Batman, uh, when Superman confronts Bruce Wayne uh, or Batman, because they just found out then voted Bruce out of the justice league. This is way back from the tower of Babel storyline. They found out that Bruce has fail safes backup plans of how to take out every member of the justice league. And they show this scene. We've seen the scene in many different books and, you know, but, but Superman's like, well, if you have fail safes on all, all of us, who's the fail safe on you? And Batman says it's the justice league. That's not really true. It's actually the Batman of Zernar. And, <laughs> and, and to be that fail safe, the Batman of Zernar had to make fail safe robot. But the only way to take to fix the fail safe robot is for Bruce to conjure Batman of Zernar. It's a whole thing. But what I love about now, you haven't read this yet. I don't know if I want to spoil it. Should I spoil it? I really like the no, ending. No, I'm going to spoil it for myself. Okay. Then if that, in that case, Something happens at the end of this episode. If you haven't read this episode, I did it. If you haven't read Batman 127, warning, major spoiler coming. Not major, but it, it spoils the last page. 
they're getting overwhelmed. Um, you know, Batman of Zernar is handling it a little better. He's fighting with, with uh, you know, along with Tim Drake, who's who's now Robin in the series. He's serving as Robin, which I like, because Tim Drake is my Robin, of course. And he is calling Tim his soldier. He's like, Tim's my soldier. Robin's my soldier. And this brings back Bruce Wayne. Like, Bruce is there in the background. He's kind of like, I don't know, in, like, watching, sort of. And he's like, he comes out. He's like, no, he t- Robin's not my son. Robin's not my soldier. He's my son, which I really love the moment of Bruce just coming and saying, that's my son. And it kind of like, it kind of kicks Zernar out, out of the brain for a minute and brings in regular Bruce. But then just as it looks like it's over, like failsafe has got him there. He's going to kill Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne killed the penguin. So that you got, you know, you've activated the failsafe who shows up. And it was, it was like one of those moments that I wasn't expecting it, but it makes perfect sense. And it was awesome. You see a voice off panel. He says, step away from my friend. And then the last panel is fucking Superman, which ties back to the first bit, which, which how often. And that feels satisfying as hell. And I'm sorry I had to spoil it for you, but you told me to. No, like actually now I'm more excited for it. Yeah. And and it makes sense because, and and there's like a scene earlier, like Nightwing and the whole bad gang have been overwhelmed. A couple of them are going to the hospital, like, and Nightwing's like, he's like, I don't even know what to do. We can't take any, we can't, we can't handle this thing, obviously. So of course, and, and it it makes sense. It doesn't happen often enough. You know, there's so many times when non-powered characters, like in the Bat family, are overwhelmed. And I'm like, and I'm always thinking, like, you have really powerful friends. And so in this case, when it seems like there's nothing, nothing they could do, it seems like even Bruce is outmatched. Of course, Nightwing gives a call to the fucking most powerful buddy they have on the planet. It makes sense, and it tied right into that flashback they showed us of the scene. Um, so that's what puts this, that's what put this book over the top for me because I'm excited to see what happens with it, and also because this is Chip Sadarsky. Sidar- I know he's got an interesting idea. I know next issue is not going to end with you know Superman just fucking blowing like blowing like freezing the robot and it's over like. I think failsafe is going to have the answer to bat to Superman, which is just going to make this even more interesting. So I'm really excited. And what I'm really excited to see, which I hope happens here. I'm really excited to see Clark Superman interact with Batman of Zernar. That, that's what I'm stoked about. Yeah, and like so wild. when I first saw the Batman of Zernar appear and realized that's what was going on, I was a little hesitant because it's Grant Morrison shit. I like Grant Morrison, but Grant Morrison shit is, is Grant Morrison shit for a reason. It's just like, but Chip Zdarsky is taking Grant Morrison shit and, and making it make sense and making it not seem as weird as Grant Morrison shit can seem, if that makes sense. So I'm really fucking loving this book. Um, Chip Zdarsky is a smart writer who writes stories that anyone, regardless of, you know, what genre, what trope, what universe, what title you're into can immediately feel part of and feel like they're reading something fresh. Whereas Grant Morrison is like a Jonathan Hickman, who's like certain other writers as well, those being the top two, where they're smart and they know they're smart. So they write smart stories to impress other smart people. And if you don't get it, you're stupid. I never feel stupid. That's exactly right. Yeah, I never feel stupid reading a Chip Zdarsky book, but I am happy when he does things that I didn't expect that really pull off. Grant Morrison wants to show you what a great fan he is by bringing in a bunch of weird shit from the Silver Age from 70 years ago and making a weird story about it. And like you said, if you don't get it, you're like, well, you just you can just feel Grant Morrison saying, oh, well, I guess you I guess you just don't just know enough about don't know enough about com. I can't do a Grant Morrison. I have no idea what the fuck he sounds like. I, it, he's British, right? <laughs> I guess. Should I just do my Alan Moore, which is always sounds Australian? I guess you just don't know enough about comics, mate. But um, <coughs> I picture him smoking like if if, uh, if Chip Sidarsky had to cut down all the titles he's doing, 
because he's doing a lot of titles. He's he's writing the 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 public domain limited series that I'm mm-hmm. that I'm reading right now. He's he's doing Daredevil. He's doing um, a, a, a continuation of Stillwater. If he had to cut it down to one and it had to be one book, it would be this Batman. I like to think, think so because I'm all in on this yeah. one, and I have a feeling they're gonna. They got to give him a good run here. I mean, he's got to at least oh, get. Yeah. If Tom King got eighty, <laughs> he better give Chip Chip Zdarsky gets a hundred. Please, that would be that would be wonderful. Um, but yeah, I, I'm giving this book like tens and say I'm gonna give this book a nine, just straight up. I'm gonna go four and a half, four and a half. I fucking love it, absolutely love it. Um, that's it. Uh, did you want to grade your book, Blade in the Night? Uh, so, you know, story. I'll give it a three point five because it's very dialogue. It's it's kind of tropey, but the artwork is what saves it. The tropes are what saves it. Uh, blade I'll in the dark, blade in the night, whatever. Blade, yeah, blade in the dark. Uh, I, I will give the artwork. Uh, you know, I'll give it a four point five. So I'm gonna go ahead and give it an eight out of ten. Definitely pick it up. All right. Well, that being said, that is all we got for uh, this week's. SPC book of the month. Well, this month's book of the month, this week's SPC newsroom. It's complicated. I know. Uh, Remzo, I know that you can preview next week's episode. So why don't you? I won't be there, unfortunately, but it's going to be a good one. Next week for Patreon supporters, you remember my friend Degenerate Derek when we covered Peacemaker on HBO. We're coming back to cover something a little bit different, something ties in the spooky season uh, here on Spooktober at Second Break Comics. We're going to be coming. You know what? I'm going to give you one hint. If you're into meme culture, you're going to appreciate this episode. I don't even know what this is, by the way. He hasn't even let me in on this. I wouldn't be surprised along with the rest of us. It's going to be good. Okay. Well, I'm excited. So stay tuned uh, for that. And until next time, as always, don't forget, we only ask one thing, and that is for you to continue to read comics. And what, Renzo? Change the world. Good night, America. Adios. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.